You're listening to The Real Wealth Show with Kathy Fetke, the real estate investor's resource. Today on The Real Wealth Show, I'll be interviewing the anti-financial advisor. I'm Kathy Fetke, and welcome to The Real Wealth Show. Chris Miles is a cash flow expert, teaching people how to get their money working for them. He's an author, podcast host, and has been featured in U.S. News, CNN, and EO Fire. And he's here with us today on The Real Wealth Show. So, Chris, welcome. It's great to have you here. Hey, it's such a pleasure to be here. Well, as you know, we love to inspire our audience with different by bringing different experts on. So I'd love to start with how you got started in real estate. You know, um, by not doing real estate. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. You know, uh, so uh, I started, I was like that traditional mainstream financial advisor back in like, you know, 2002, like right after 9-11, right? Um, and I started doing that for a while. And I used to tell people real estate stinks. You know, I'd say like, oh, well, look at the chart. You know, you ever seen the chart that financial advisors pull out? They showed like a little graph going up since like 2000 BC and how awesome stocks are. And then you have like inflation down here and then real estate's right there with inflation. You know, you see that kind of stuff, right? Well, I would tell people, oh yeah. yeah, real estate doesn't even barely keep up inflation. You should invest in the stock market. Well, end of 2005, um, I call up a guy who I trained to be a financial advisor and he left to be a real estate investor, right? And I thought, okay, he's going to go broke like everybody else I know. Let's see what happens. And, uh, and so I talked to him and he, I'm like, well, how are things going? He's like, it's amazing. My, with my dad and I, we've already doubled his income as a professor at the local university. I said, you've only been doing this four months. There's no way in four months. That's too good to be true, right? Yeah. He's like, no, I'm serious. It works. And so we got this debate. What's better, stocks or real estate, right? And, and finally, he stopped me. He said, Chris, how many of your clients are actually financially free where they don't worry about money? And I said, well, a lot of them watch CNN. So none of them, right? <laughs> and uh, if you watch <laughs> CNN, you're going to be desperate. You're going to be in scarcity, right? Well, and then they said, all right, well, yeah. how many of you guys as financial advisors are financially free, not off the commissions of selling the stuff that hasn't worked, but actually doing the, the investments you've been recommending other people do too, because you've known people doing this since the late seventies, they should be retired by now. And I'm like, none of them were retired. He said, well, there's your problem. Yeah. And so he kind of got me looking more that direction. And when I started to realize it wasn't about accumulating money and compounding interest, it was about acceleration and cash flow. Then all the light bulbs went off and I was like, oh my goodness. And so 2006 was when I started to really start. I actually quit being a financial advisor, vowed never to teach about money again, went the real estate route more. Um, and between that and some other streams of income I was created, I was able to retire when I was 28 years old in 2006. Oh was, my goodness. Uh, well, that's quite a success story. Yeah. Now I did it twice. That's not a good thing because that oh. means I, I got back in the rat race in the, in the recession. That's another story. Oh, I, I'm sure it's a good one. Well, let, let's go back to just the financial advisors versus real estate and mm -hmm. you know why they are not big proponents of it. I'm guessing it's because they don't make money on it. Exactly. Yeah. It's Well, and you're always taught, like when you look at financial advisors, they're not experts, right? They're not smarter than anybody else. They're just trained to sell products. I was really just a product peddler in a suit right? <laughs> that was it. Like they're, they're, you really aren't taught about money and creating wealth. Like you're taught about saving, but you're not about creating, it's not about creating wealth. It's not about creating cash flow and income. 
that's the key difference. Well, it, you know, it might be preserving wealth, maybe, maybe not, but it's a slow process. I mean, so many Very. people have come to real wealth because when they really sat down with their financial planner and said, how long is it going to take me at this rate to get mm -hmm. to where I want to be? It's like, oh, 135. <laughs> you know, like, okay, I can retire then. Great. Yeah, uh, it's, so, it's, it's yeah, depressing. That's not a plan. I, I know when I first, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, when I first um, started interviewing experts on the Real Wealth Show, mm -hmm. I had people coming on at the age of 30 retired from yeah. because they didn't go to college and they started at 18 and they had mm -hmm. 12 years under their belt of, of um, doing really creative real estate deals that uh, that, that the difference being you can make lump, lump sums, but you can also leverage and you can't really do yeah. that uh, in the other markets. Ooh. All right. So let's go back to how you retired at 26 and then retired again. <laughs> what happened there? <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, 2006, I was able to retire, right? I, you know, and I didn't have a whole ton of money, but again, it was just about that leverage. Well, um, then I was kind of asking myself, what do I want to do with my life? Right. And people, of course, I'm sure you've dealt with this too. It's like, once people realize that you've done something cool, they want to know how you did it too, right? And so everybody's asking me, well, how did you do it? Well, I went and asked, I said, all right, well, here's how I did it. I started meeting with people one-on-one. -on -one. Next thing you know, I started having like a consulting business, right? So in 2007, I came out of retirement to help people do that. And I even partnered up with some guys that were also kind of like the black sheep. We were like the ones that were, had done, been there, done that. Well, the funny thing is most people we were working with were real estate investors, but they weren't the good ones. They were the gamblers, right? Yeah. Uh, plus I had my stuff and I cut off my income streams because they're saying, hey, is this partnership, we should focus on this, get rid of your other multiple streams of income. Dumb idea, right? Like, so it was like the perfect storm. I cut off streams of income that were passive. Um, then we focused on real estate investors who went broke by 2007 because they couldn't get access to money by that point. Summer 2007, everything dried up. And, uh, and then the next thing I know, because I'd ran up expenses in the business and at home, I'm now in the hole, like $16,000 a month. So I was, what felt like what should have been free. Wow. Now I'm down on the hole, 16,000 a month. Right. And, uh, and so I had to dig my way back out of that. Um, and that's where I had a, you know, no money, no credit, didn't file for bankruptcy, but I had to slowly dig my way back out to where I was finally able to retire again, more safely and much wiser the second time around about the end of 2016. Well, I'm not going to feel that sorry for you. <laughs> You'd be <laughs> so bored being retired at 26. What are you going to do with yourself? You know? <laughs> uh -huh. Well, I'll tell you though, like I learned so many good lessons from the recession because mm. I was banking. I, I started thinking I had the Midas touch, like everything I touched, you turned to gold when it was really a lot market driven. Right. So I wasn't banking on cash flow. I was banking on appreciation pretty soon. You know, I was starting to try to gamble with it. And that was dumb. Like when I came out of the recession, I was so burned on real estate. I hated it. You know, I hated the fact that I had to like evict people and I hated the fact I had to deal with all that crap. Um, and then, you know, after soon after the recession, I started to think, okay, maybe it's just me, right? Maybe it's just, I, I did it wrong. Could I be doing it right? And that's when I got turned on to like turnkey real estate investing, which I realized was like the magic bullet for me, right? I'm not saying it is for everybody, but for me, that, that was the thing that switched it. It was like, wait, I don't have to manage it. I can still make great returns. And yeah, it doesn't look sexy as like making a hundred grand on a deal, but I don't care. 300 bucks a month after that recession, $300 a month consistent or more, that to me was sexy, you know, and that was the big change for me. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the $300 a month per property, if you have 10 mm -hmm. or 20 or 30, yeah. it adds up. And, and uh, it may be boring going into it, but over mm -hmm. time, it's not boring at all. You've got someone else paying off your mortgage for you. Uh, you see generally values going up. I mean, we, we paid close to retail on a lot of our turnkey properties yeah. in 2004. Uh, well, let's see, even in, even in 2015, and they've since doubled in value. So you don't always have to uh, get that 20% under market deal. It's almost impossible to do now anyway. Yeah. By the time you buy it at a discount and fix it up, it's, it's probably close to retail anyway. But if the numbers work, they work. That's the thing is I, I mean, yeah. right now with the dirt cheap interest rates, I mean, I have people keep calling me up saying, do you think buying real estate's good right now? I'm like, yes. Even if you're buying, even if it's smaller inventory right now, the thing is, is that the numbers are awesome. Like if you can make at least a 12% cash on cash return, not including, like you said, the tax advantages, appreciation, paying down your mortgage, all those other returns when you add to it is incredible. Um, I actually mapped that out for somebody today because they were 30 years old, going down the traditional path, loading up their 401k, right? Well, I ran the numbers for them. I said, if you keep doing that, and they were saving like almost $4,000 a month. They're saving almost half their income into 401ks and savings, right? And I was like, okay, based on that rate, even if you could get it all into the 401k with your match, you know, you would maybe in six years build that up to about, you know, 400,000 bucks. And if you happen to be able not have the 10% penalty, which you will, but if you could pull that money out, you still have to pay taxes on that money. So you lose a quarter of it right there. That leaves you 300,000 bucks. Well, as a, as a good financial advisor would say now, right? And there's not that really, there's not really good financial advisors out there, right? That's why I call myself an anti financial advisor because it just doesn't work. But if you only, if you can only, you know, want your money to last, you're only supposed to pull out 2% a year from a, from a mutual fund type of thing, especially with these low rates. So if you have 300,000, you pull out 2% a year, that's $6,000 a year. But I showed them the same thing. I said, taking the cash, not even getting your money out of the 401k, leaving it there, but not adding more to it and just taking your savings and building that up. I was like, in six years, I mapped it out. They bought two turnkeys today with their HELOC, right? Then they bought a turnkey per year till they got to two turnkeys a year. By year six, after they repositioned, I was like, you're now at $3,800 a month with this money. $3,800 a month. That's, you know, that's over 40 grand a year versus 6,000 a year, hopefully, if the market smiles on you the right way in a 401k. You know, it's just yeah. drastically different. Yeah, it's funny. You know, you just, we're, most people don't spend a lot of time trying to figure out their retirement plans, unfortunately, mm -hmm. and, and don't know how to do that. So they go to someone who specializes in that and they assume that person has their best interest at heart. But what I think we, we find as we get older is that usually people have their own interest at heart. And if someone's selling you on something, they're maybe looking at where they're getting the best commission and um, you know, what's going to work out for them as a financial planner or, or anything. I mean, real estate agents can do the same. Right. So we really have to be paying attention, breaking down the numbers. And one thing that I never really quite understood is why I would want to put money into, a, you know, an IRA or a, a 401k. Now, if the 401k is matched, I, I get it. But if it's not, why would I want to do that? Still get taxed on it later, but when mm -hmm. there's more of it, so you get taxed higher, you're being exactly. told it's going to be lower, but no, it's hopefully more money in it because you've invested it. You're going to pay <laughs> more for it at that time. Uh, and, and whereas you could do something similar when you buy real estate, you can take the money back out through a refinance and pay no tax on it. And then yeah. when you die, your kids inherit it and 
it steps up to market value and, and they don't pay the tax. So yeah. uh, again, taxes can change and that's, you certainly don't want to base your investments on, on tax benefits, but mm -hmm. over the past decades, it hasn't changed dramatically. It's been a pretty good deal for real estate investors for, for a good long time. Totally agree. It's good short term, but it's even good long term, like you mentioned, right? I mean, it's that's the thing is that you know if people look at the real return of the market, the S and P five hundred has only averaged seven and a half percent for the last thirty years as a real return. But by the time you, even if you get the S and P five hundred fund, by the time you pay your fees, you're lucky to get six and a half percent in your mutual funds, right? And even what you said, like even with the four hundred one k match, long term that match actually does less for you because all it does is just even if you got double dollar for dollar match it only doubles your numbers in the end. So the longer you have it, the worse the return is. So it's only like an extra 3% a year you get. That means you maybe make 9% a year, but you got to live on less. And when I ran those numbers as a financial advisor, I was like, this is depressing. Like people won't be able to retire. In fact, if you want a 20 year retirement goal with a 60,000 year lifestyle, which sucks, right? Um, if you wanted to do that, you got to start saving right now about $8,300 a month right wow. now to live on 60,000 a year. That's a hundred grand a year to save for 20 years to live on 60,000 a year based on average market returns. That's not even means that's what you're going to get, right? So when you factor that in compared to what you can do with real estate, which is more certain, it's, it doesn't have, you don't, ha you don't have to worry about Trump tweeting something and your real estate value drops two or 3%, like it does in the <laughs> stock market, you know? You don't have that crap. Like it's, it's like, you don't have like a bad market day. It might be a bad market year, and even that in real estate, it's so rare. It's, I mean, the last six recessions, only once did we lose value. And that was the last one, you know, so. And it's such it's a slow moving vehicle. You usually have time to figure it out. I mean, even in, yeah. in the great recession, you know, in 2007, people who were paying attention knew that those loans were going to adjust at that yeah. time. There was no secret about that. People mm -hmm. knew when they would adjust. And if you put two and two together, it's like, oh, these people didn't even try to qualify and they can't afford it. When it adjusts, they can't pay. Yeah. It didn't take a lot to figure that one out. Um, so yeah, you're right. It, it's, and once you did figure it out, you could get out fairly quickly. It's amazing. Yeah. You just don't want to wait too long. No. So wonderful. Okay. So um, how has, how, where are you invested now? And yeah, let's start there. Where are you invested now? Yeah. Um, my number one go-to, I mean, besides my own business, of course, like, cause I can create residuals there. Is, is my real estate properties, right? Like I love buying turnkey. I'm not the kind of person to want to do a lot of work. So I just love passive, right? As much yeah, as I can get. So I love turnkey. That's why I've referred a lot of people to you guys without you guys even knowing it, you know? Oh, so thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I mean, that's what I love. I love turnkey. I think it's the safest place plus the biggest returns you can get, right? Um, but I'll diversify in other places too. Like I, I've got money in syndications and like apartment deals. I've got money in like... Uh, um, I, I even played with Bitcoin a little bit and then pulled out while I could get, take my money out and just like, no more with that. Um, <laughs> fun I've, if you I've, were on the up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I only took the upside. I just took my money out. I was like, that was fun, but that's a gamble. Like that's not real investing. You know, um, I've done things with like, uh, like even looking at franchise opportunities and investing in franchises and things like that. So, uh, but for me, hands down, it's majority is into real estate of some way, shape or form. Yeah. Or notes. Um, and are you, notes yeah. So which markets? Uh, markets. I've, I've been eyeing a lot of uh, Missouri. Mm -hmm. I, I've noticed kind of like this almost pilgrimage towards the Midwest, especially around Missouri. So lately my wife and I are like Missouri target, you know? 
Um, well, but, I mean, and when I was, you say pilgrimage, there actually is one. I know um, oh, yeah? Mormons, they are, there's a lot of uh, Mormons moving to the Kansas City area because they have, I think that's where there's, I don't know the details of the religion, but there is a reason why <laughs> Kansas City is a highlight. That's it. Like, you know, end of days, you know, yes. make, make good rent, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, like so that. yeah, I've got, I got properties there. Uh, Memphis has been great for me. Uh, North Carolina, you know, places like that, mostly Southeast and Midwest. Okay. Uh, wonderful. And then when you said that you were giving up passive streams of income, when you Mm. What do you, you know, before and that I guess it was a decade ago, what, what did you let go of and why? Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting because like I had, I started to buy real estate and create some, some passive income there. Cause I always tell people there's two types of passive like income, right? There's passive, which I call investment income, right? Where money makes money. And then there's the residual, which comes from business. And so I vowed like in March of 06, I vowed never to teach about money again. I quit being a financial advisor. Um, I was just being a mortgage broker. And while I was doing that, one of those real estate friends kind of gave me this cool business idea. He said, Chris, do you like doing mortgages? And I said, you know, I love teaching people and helping them get creative so they can cash out, refinance and invest, right? But I absolutely hate paperwork. He said, well, why don't you find somebody who does do oh, that and then just split the, split the deal? That right? was the worst part. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I hate paperwork. So he's mm. like, well, find somebody who's a nerd that likes doing that, split the deal. Um, so we split it 50-50 on the origination. <laughs> so I would only spend like half an hour to nice. an hour with the client, pass it on to him because he didn't have to sell or do anything. They just had to figure out what to do next. Yeah. They didn't call me for all the follow-up questions. So after half an hour to an hour, I get a check for like a thousand or fifteen hundred bucks in the mail. And I was like, well, that was easy. Where else could I do that? And so there's people I realized I kept sending connections to. I'm like, well, hey, let's create a deal. Do you have a, a referral fee or something like that? And even a wholesale jeweler would pay me 5% kickback if somebody went there and paid like a third of the cost they paid in the mall, right? So there would be like this win, win, win transaction. It's like a win for the business owner, win for the customer, and then win for me as being that kind of like that broker, right? So I started doing what people now call like affiliate. But for me, it was just connecting. You know, that's all I was calling it back then, right? And the next thing I know, like between that and the other stuff I was doing, I was making four or 5,000 a month, working only a few hours a week. And I'm like, well, dang, I only need 35 at that time. I only needed 3,500 bucks a month to live. You know, now I've got with a blended family, we got eight kids. So, oh my uh, gosh, eight kids. You're going to need a little more money than that, huh? <laughs> exactly. So now we're like 15 to 20 grand passive is what we need to have now. But, you know, but still that's, uh, I mean, that's why it took 10, another 10 years after the, the recession to hit that. Right. Um, but that's the thing is like, it was, it was a mind blowing aspect of, oh, I don't have to do everything, right? I can connect people. So when I went to start that company with those guys, they said, hey, you're doing all this kind of stuff on the side. Get rid of that. Just focus all on the mission. Just do what we're doing. We're trying to educate the planet, right? You know, so just focus on that. Basically be a coach, you know? And, and that was probably the worst thing I could have done, you know, because if I would have kept doing that stuff, then even when our marketplace was going broke and we had to find a whole brand new market to, to market to, right? Uh, we would have been much better off. But I mean, most of those guys, almost everybody that worked with us quit. I was one of the few people that le was left standing in that business before things turned around and, and boomed again, you know? Wow. Fascinating. Yeah. Um, all right. So how would you say that real estate has changed your life besides what you've just kind of shared in addition to what you've shared? 
you know, I'd say the best way it's changed my life is just blowing my mind, like seeing what's possible, right? Mm -hmm. Just like what happened when my friend talked to me and, and kind of talked me out of the financial advisor role, because remember, I was thinking, how do you save up so much money and then live off less than the interest? You know, that was like, I was thinking like my goal was to save $2 million and then live on 60,000 a year, right? That, that was my dream. If I could do that by the time I was 40, that would be awesome. And now 60,000 a year is crap. Like it's nothing, you know? But back then it seemed like the dream. And with real estate, all of a sudden it was like, wait a minute, even though it does take that time to ramp up a little bit, you know, there's that kind of that compound, uh, I call it like that income avalanche. It's like a compound income effect. It takes a launch, but once you get going, it just escalates. And it was so much better. Like to know I had a real asset. I wasn't banking on some crazy market that's bipolar that goes up or down, whether it makes sense or not, right? Where I feel out of control to be in a place where I felt like I was in control of my life and my money. That's what I wanted in the first place anyways. So for me, real estate was like that easy gateway to get there. Yeah. So if, if, if you were to give advice to somebody starting out today, who's thinking, oh man, you know, we might, we don't know what 2021 will bring. We hope it's not more of 2020. <laughs> we hope this is not the beginning of a decade, but, uh, uh-huh. or a new normal, but um, there, it's such uncertain times. I mean, what would you tell people who are thinking, did I miss it? Is it too late? Are there going to be a bunch of foreclosures? Should I, you know, uh, are we going to no longer be the United States of America? I mean, who knows? It's crazy times. What would you tell somebody just starting out in real estate? I would say not at all. I mean, like the, the, the one problem I had this discussion with somebody just the other day is they're thinking like, well, should I wait till 2022 when things come crashing? I'm like, you know what? There's gonna be great opportunity there and maybe keep a segment of your money for that. But right now you can't beat right now that, that, I mean, if, if I remember back in March and April, I was scared wondering if people were going to pay my rent. Yeah. But I'm so glad I was in, you know, because mm-hmm. things just kept going. Like the value of the properties kept going up. Now we got properties I've only had for three years. I'm thinking, maybe I should reposition and sell and get out of, right? So I think the great thing is that the time is now, you can still do things now and later, right? Is that it doesn't have, you don't have to just go all in and swing for the fences. Um, but you know, there's some, there's great reason right now to be in real estate. And if there's anything we can trust, even if we go into a recession, great. Don't buy $500,000 properties, you know, buy the stuff that I know you've got, buy the things that are maybe around a hundred thousand or yeah. so, you know, the lower price properties. Cause that's what people are going to rush into. Yeah. And that's either going to drive your rent prices up like it did the last recession, or it's going to drive the value of your home up or both, you know? So if you're going to buy, you know, buy something simple. Don't do it on your own. Don't buy on the Western half of the U S where we live because that sucks. You know, look out East for the most of us, right? It's like, look out there. And by the way, if, I guarantee if you're in California, which a lot of my followers are just, just don't, don't, just don't. don't have any real estate. Whatever <laughs> real estate don't. you have in California, sell it, you know, like yeah. get rid of it. I don't have to look at the numbers. I already know you probably have equity and no cash flow with it. So look out east, you know, like yeah. there's great opportunities out there. And you, you already know this, you've got those, those deals right there. You got the inventory. Absolutely. Good stuff. All right. Yeah. I, I just had, just got to hear John Burns uh, speak again and Rick Sharga at the event that I was just at my first yeah. time on an airplane in nine months, but I went and I survived as far as I can tell, I'm still here. Uh, but they, you know, they were saying the same thing. Don't be expecting a bunch of foreclosures because in this this time around 
the Federal Reserve is throwing everything at it to keep people in their homes and banks do not want to see a bunch of foreclosures and they're, they're going to create all kinds of loan modifications and, mm -hmm. and these forbearances, they're going to let you keep extending it. So if you're waiting for that, it's probably not going to happen. I'm not trying uh, to drive up, said, drive up inflation right now too. I mean, they're wanting inflation, which they're is trying to create it. Investor. Yeah, that's perfect for us. They're literally, when you have the Federal Reserve, the largest money-making machine in the world saying, we, we want prices to go up. <laughs> uh -huh. We're going to give everything at it to make that happen. That's, that's a sign uh, a for sign. sure. And, and on top of that, that means inflation on uh, materials costs and mm -hmm. labor costs. And, and there's a, about a, a lack of three or 400,000 homes every year that, that's needed and not being built. And the builders yeah. are... Uh, unable to build anything, like you said, in that hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollar range. Yeah. So, I I just think that's the place to be, and we're going to see both cash flow and appreciation over the next few years. That's that's my yeah. prediction. Well, I was talking I was talking to a guy like in a real estate group that we're a part of, and I was saying, hey, you build like what are the lumber prices looking like? He's like, oh, they've more than doubled. Even though I buy from Canada to get cheaper, it's yeah. more than doubled. You know, I'm like, but the prices haven't gone up for the new construction. He's like, I know. Where's the profit? They're starting to. They're, They're starting, starting to. to. They're going to yeah. start drive. They have to because they won't have yeah. profit. They don't. They'll, they'll sink. So guarantee yep. you're going to start seeing values go up even more. There's a small window right now to, uh, mm -hmm. to buy those new homes before prices go up. I know I'm, uh, unfortunately, this has been the case for Rich and me. We've been so busy with all of our webinars that I forget to, to invest. So uh, we're like, we got to just stop and apply for some loans and get some of these properties. Anyway, it's really been a pleasure is, having you. A Thank you year. so much for sharing your, your wisdom. Really appreciate it. Have a wonderful rest of 2020. You too, Kathy. Thanks. And thank you for joining me here on The Real Wealth Show. If you're interested in acquiring turnkey properties and maybe especially interested in owning brand new homes that cost less than $200,000 that cash flow and are located in the fastest growing parts of the country with experienced property management in place, it doesn't get more turnkey than that. We're hosting our live event this Saturday virtually. We'll have a panel of investors who have bought turnkey and new rental homes so we'll find out how those properties are performing. And we'll also have builders and property managers showing us what's available in the markets. So again, you can sign up for free at realwealthshow.com. I'm Kathy Fenty, and thanks so much for joining me here on The Real Wealth Show.